time to bet it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. It's time to continue Bet MGM Tonight here on the BetQL Network. I'm Kate Constable, filling in Ryan, Trista, and Nick, alongside Mark Drumheller here on the BetQL Network. Mark, still 0-0 in this Braves uh, Red Sox game. Uh, neither of our bets are looking too good in that one right now, but we'll keep an eye on that. We need some runs for an over and some strikeouts for a Strider K prop. Yeah, we're going to need, it's all going to happen at the end. It's going to be nice and exciting just the way we drew it up. Just the way we drew it up, yes. <laughs> uh, Saquon Barkley is in training camp with the Giants. I'm not sure this is the way he drew up this whole situation, but he is back on the field, signed a uh, the franchise tag for $10 million and has some nice incentives in, in can make if he reaches these three things, which is uh, 13, just over 1,300 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, and 65 receptions. Those are each worth just over 300000 apiece. And the Giants need to make the playoffs. First, Mark, are you surprised that Saquon Barkley signed this after going on the money, what, what is it, money-making podcast and saying that he's really thinking about holding out and sitting out for the start of the season until the Giants pay him. All of a sudden, training camp rolls around and he is uh, on the field in pads with the team. What's going on? Yeah, I think it's a little interesting. I mean, I, I feel like Austin Eckler saw him on this podcast and was like, I, I got to get these guys in line. I got to talk to them and kind of shed <laughs> some light here. And, you know, they had this Zoom meeting, and I, which I would love to get. Like, if TMZ could get the tape of the Zoom meeting, like, I think that would be incredible. But I feel like Eckler went in there and told them, like, hey, you're not going to make any money by holding out. Like, you, you need to make as much money as you can. Running backs' careers in the NFL are very short. And, you know, you can't – holding out, you're just going to get fined, that sort of stuff that's going to happen. They really need to just get in there and play. Um, I know that what's happening with them, like, isn't fair. Like, you know, like, they, they're much more valuable than they are paid, you know, in the market um, just because of kind of like the durability and the, the length of their career. Um, but, you know, that, that stuff has to be renegotiated into the CBA. I'm not a fan of the franchise tag. Last time they did the CBA, that was like a big sticking point. They wanted to get that removed. They ended up caving and, and letting it continue. And now you're seeing, you know, the results of it. Um, but I was surprised Saquon, you know, signed and got in there so quick. And I think that kind of gives us, a, you know, a little bit of an indication of what that Zoom meeting was like. Like, I think Eckler said, hey, listen, you just got to get as much money as you can until the next CBA. And then we can hold our ground there and try and fix things for the future. Well, yeah, because it's interesting. I mean, the last time that a running back signed a long-term contract worth $10 million or more per season was Nick Chubb for the Browns back in 2021. Mm -hmm. McCaffrey signed his contract, who's the highest-paid running back, uh, back in 2020. So it's been almost two full years since we've had a long-term contract for a running back. And Saquon Barkley is arguably the most important piece of that Giants offense. I mean, yeah, Daniel Jones is coming into his own and is playing a lot better uh, as of last season, but he's able to do so because Saquon Barkley's on the field 
And so obviously he commands a lot of attention from the defense. If Barkley's not on there, uh, I don't think Jones can spread things out quite as much and have as much success. So a player who's arguably the most on the field is the one who is being paid the least per capita for his services. If you, I mean, to put it something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. You see all these stats flying around where kickers average more money and, you know, situations yeah. like that. And it's just, it, you know, it, it's unfortunate because I feel like the fixes or, or a way to make it better is that these guys should just be signing one-year deals. Like, there shouldn't be a cap on what they can make as a rookie because that's when they need to make their money their first couple years in the league. Because ever since, you know, we saw the way things turned out, unfortunately, for Todd Gurley and the Rams after they signed him for a ton of money, there were just so many instances of, like, these running back contracts, you know, really being, you know, bad business decision for NFL teams that, you know, they, they've been really cautious of – you know, really giving long-term money or, you know, re-signing, you know, running backs after that first five-year contract. So, you know, the way that it needs to change, I think, for running backs is that the contract structure from when they enter the league has to be different so they can earn as much as they possibly can earlier in their career because just because of the mileage and the longevity, it's a difficult sell to NFL teams to say, hey, this guy has five years under his belt. Let's sign on the big money at this point. Like, you know, you want to get that money earlier in your career when you know you're going to be the most productive. Also kind of funny that Saquon Barkley made a big deal about this, as he should. I don't blame him at all but then signs this deal with these incentives. And again, the incentives are to reach um, 1,350 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, 65 receptions, and the Giants need to make the playoffs. Well, Saquon Barkley has never rushed for 1,350 yards, or more than that, I should say. He's never reached 11 touchdowns and hasn't had 65 interceptions. Or that was, uh, yeah, I had all of that, but only his rookie season. I will, uh, mm -hmm. I messed that up, so I will say that again. Outside of his rookie season, he has never met any of the numbers that they put in these incentives. And so the Giants are essentially paying him a million dollars to have the best season of his life if he reaches all of these. Like, if you're the Giants, that's totally worth it. A million dollars for Saquon Barkley to put up those types of numbers, that's a good deal for the Giants. It almost feels like Saquon got kind of bamboozled in this one. Even more so yeah, than he already I mean, was. Listen, Saquon got what Saquon was going to get, you know, and that's it's really yeah. you know this this situation, and he was holding out, trying to get you know much mo more money, trying to get freed from you know being under the constraints of the franchise tag, but it's just that's just not going to happen with the CBA the way it's structured. So these incentives are very lofty. If he hits them, I hope he does, you know, and he gets all the money he can. Like I, I think I root for all the running backs to have successful careers in the NFL and make money. But I just think it's, you know, it was definitely a situation where, um, you know, he got some guidance, you know, where that guidance came from that, that said that, listen, the best way for you to make as much money in your career is to get back on the football field and prove it. And, you know, that that's what he's going to do. So, you know, hopefully he has a big year and it can line him up for a bigger payday in, in the future. I mean, the Giants kind of lucked out with him signing that and playing because he's the the locker room piece and I, I worry about that locker room what the chemistry is like in there if he's not able to be on the field and he is on the field so their win total this season of seven and a half can the Giants go over at this Mark 
I think it might be tough. And the only reason I say that is because, you know, you see this with a lot of teams in the NFL. They, they kind of make a leap. And then that second year, you know, this they don't get that, you know, last place schedule or that four win, you know, four and 13 record schedule. You know, the schedule gets a little tougher. Teams have the book out on what you're trying to do, right? You know, and I, I think we'll see a little bit about that with the Giants. Um, I like the young playmakers that they picked up. You know, I, I like uh, the kid from Tennessee that they got. Uh, you know, he kind of stepped out of camp today, I think, because of heat exhaustion or whatever. But they're adding some more speed. But I really think it's next year the where you're going to see them kind of make another leap. I think they take a step back this year. If you look at their schedule, um, it, it, it's brutal in the beginning as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they react if they start off really slow. Yeah, they, they uh, start things off at home against Dallas. And then you have Arizona, which, fine, you can beat the Cardinals, but you're playing in Arizona, and you play in San Francisco on a short week. So not a whole lot of rest. You're on the road that whole time because they're not going to go back to New York. Instead, I mean, Arizona to San Francisco, a short trip. You don't want to be going all yep. the way back across the country. So on a short play, Niners, that's not looking too great. And then you have – Seattle at home, and then you go on the end to Miami and Buffalo, have a couple weeks in the middle of the season, which is fine, Math teams you should be able to beat, but you end the year two of your three games against the Eagles. Like, that's tough. Mm -hmm. I think I would have to agree with you and go under seven and a half, and I mean, the line at BetMGM is slightly juiced to the over at minus 114, but I think that's uh, wishful thinking after a good season under Brian Dayball and what he's done to that offense and how Daniel Jones looked uh, under him in that that second year. Well, it's second year for Jones, first year for Dayball, but I don't think that's something that's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think it's tough, and this is what this is just part of the process for rebuilding teams, you know. So it's not anything against you know Brian Dable or or the Giants, or it doesn't mean that Daniel Jones is going to take a step back and not be the quarterback of the future. Well, you know, even though I still think that might be a question, but I just think that this is a really tough schedule, and you have to worry about you know how a team like this that isn't used to having success reacts, uh, you know, if they start losing. Right. You know, if they if the season starts off really poorly, how do they react? How does Saquon react? Right. Is he like, oh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if things start going south, you know, maybe he's, you know, doesn't, you know, I don't know, you know, doesn't go all out. I, I don't I just think a lot of things could go wrong. The NFL is such a league of momentum. And, you know, you see it with young teams when they start having success, they start believing in that success. We saw that with the Giants last year. What's going to happen this year if it goes the other way? Are they going to have the mental toughness and the fortitude to overcome it? Mark Drumheller and Kate Constable here on BetMGM tonight. Mark, if we look at the division as a whole, I think that the Giants could be the worst team in the NFC East right now in the odds. They're sitting at the uh, third shortest odds out of four, obviously, at plus 750. Commanders are 10 to 1. I don't know. I mean, the commander's defense is so good that I kind of think that they could find enough success to at least beat the Giants in this division. I'm not talking the commanders are going to win the division by any means, but I could see the Giants ending this division in last place. With that schedule, it's tough, but I'm pretty sure Washington's is too. So, you know, I think what we'll see out of Washington this year is that they're going to struggle early, and I, I don't know if – 
Sam Howell is the answer there, but I do think that they have playmakers. And if, if they go to, if Howell doesn't end up being the answer, I could definitely see a, a scenario where they go to Jacoby Brissett and he's, you know, veteran and experienced enough just to be a facilitator. And, you know, we talked about just kind of being a point guard, making the right reads, getting the ball in the hands of Terry McLaurin, you know, yo, uh, Dotson, those guys. So, you know, like, I, I think there's a possibility they could be a team that starts really slow like the Giants, and then maybe they battle back towards the end of the year. I, I don't know. It's going to depend. You know, I, I think one of the things to keep an eye on is whenever you have new ownership, like, it seems like Washington really wants to just wipe the slate clean, right, and, and just become a whole yeah. – Josh Harris wants to become a whole new franchise. And usually when ownership steps in like that, that means the coach too, right? Like, they want to get rid of everybody. So, you know, if Washington does start off slow and has to turn to Brissett, what does that mean for Ron Rivera? Is he able to hold the locker room together if – you know, the the media starts talking about him being on his way out, right? You know, what does that do to Washington? So I, I think both those teams are probably in third or fourth place. Which ones ends up there? I, I don't know. I, I would probably, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Washington, but I could definitely see a scenario where the Giants fall there as well. Yeah, Mark, I just Googled Ron Rivera. I was going to look up his record uh, with the Commanders. I don't think he's had a winning season there, but I wanted to double-check that. But the first uh, hit that popped up on the old Google machine was Ron Rivera already feeling impact of new Commanders' ownership. So the media is already talking that maybe there might be some changes coming in Washington, maybe not this season. But if they don't start, start off very well, how, you know, how long are they going to wait before they do make a change? That's not uh, yeah, especially if they're Robert really Rivera. bad, and yeah. you know, especially if they're really bad and they're in position to draft a quarterback. We know the amazing talents that are coming out. You know, we say this every year, but college football, Caleb Williams, Drake May, guys like that are going to be available. If they have to bring in a new quarterback, they're going to want an offensive mind in there to groom him. So I think, you know, that's something you could see as well, a dynamic that could come into play in regards to Ron Rivera. The Eagles, obviously the favorites to win the division. But the Dallas Cowboys, as an Eagles fan, Mark, do you have concern about the Cowboys in the division this year? Or are they keeping you up at night? I They would keep me up a lot more if they still had Kellen Moore. So, like, I think the fact <laughs> that Mike McCarthy's calling the plays, we saw how this went down in Green Bay. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out with the Cowboys. Well, the AFC East, also a very tough division. We'll dive into that a little bit more in this next segment. I'm worried a little bit for you about the Cowboys. I, I'm i not huge on Dak Prescott, but I think he needs to have a better season than he has 